going to start off with something funny because a pastor did mention I was his Valentine. I know that most of you probably know yesterday was Valentine's Day. Some of you really probably don't care, but it was. And uh, this week as I was uh, working out, yeah, I work out. I look buff. Woo-hoo. Anyhow, I was watching. So when I'm working out, I need a distraction. So I was watching this uh, talk show. It wasn't, you know, like a gross talk show or anything. It was kind of a funny one. But this guy, Steve Harvey. How many of you like Steve Harvey? He's kind of cool. Anyhow, he had this couple on there. And uh, he was trying to help them. They'd been married 10 years. And the husband was notorious for forgetting all sorts of special days. And he never remembered Valentine's Day. And, and if he did, it always gave her a last-minute gift or late or something. So they're sitting there. And Steve Harvey, he's hilarious anyway. He's making all these faces at the story she's telling him. So then he said, what's the worst gift he ever gave you? And so she's looking at him. And she says, well, you know, one year... It was late, of course, I think a day late or something. And he comes home and he gives me this bottle of perfume that was obviously used. There was a lot missing out of it. And so when I said to him, this is used, he goes, well, you know, it was a sample. And you know how that is at the store and all this, giving her all these excuses. So then she opens it up and she smells it and she's like, this scent. Kind of sounds vague, smells kind of vaguely familiar. It's not really, you know, a scent I would wear. But she just was trying to be gracious, wondering what in the world. So the following Sunday, they happened to be over at her mother-in-law's for dinner. And as they're eating, the mother-in-law says, you know, the weirdest thing happened to me this week. My bottle of my favorite perfume is missing. So the wife, she didn't reveal anything, but she had an aha moment. So when they get in the car, of course she confronts him, and he had stolen his mother's perfume and given it to her. Of course, Steve Harvey said, you win. That's the worst Valentine's gift I ever heard of. (laughs) So anyhow, I just thought you might enjoy that. I thought it was hilarious. Kept me well entertained while I was doing my exercise. Anyhow, so whether you... Have a Valentine or not, whether you're married or not, perhaps you've never been married, perhaps you're divorced, you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you're not any, not any in a good kind of a relationship, and it's hard for you to even hear people talk about love. Tonight I have really, really good news for you. Anybody want to hear some good news? The good news is this. No matter who has or will ever not love you, no one loves you like the Lord Jesus Christ. Like your heavenly Father. We are loved. We are accepted. We are highly favored By the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And aren't you thankful that His love is pure? His love is holy. His love doesn't have ungodly motives. His love is unconditional. His love is never ending. His love is everlasting. I think we ought to be thankful for that right now. You and I 
are loved of our Heavenly Father. You and I are loved and accepted by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is not natural human love. We know that natural human love, as much as people try, will disappoint and will fail. But God will never fail us. He will never stop loving us. What is it that Keith Hershey says? God is crazy love about you. He's got crazy love. He's crazy about us. That's what it is. He's crazy about us. And he loves us unconditionally. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. That's awesome, isn't it? Praise the Lord. And his love is amazing. You may have seen our bulletin for February. Jane and I were talking about it. She put it on there, amazing love. And it just sparked something on the inside of me. I've been meditating on that. So the title of tonight's message is Love So Amazing. Love So Amazing. It's not human love. It's not natural love. It's the love of God. I just looked up the word amazing. I found this great. Some definitions of amazing. To fill with surprise or sudden wonder or awe. How many of you sometimes you just stand in awe of God's goodness? You stand in awe that he, the king, would love us so very much. Sometimes you just stand in awe of his goodness and of his faithfulness. I love that. Just to stand in awe or wonder. That's amazing. And then I really like this one. To fill with surprise. How many of you like surprises? I like good surprises. I like it. If my husband comes home with, with flowers or whatever unexpectedly. And by the way, he's an awesome valentine. He's an awesome man of God. I can really, I mean, I'm blessed. I can honestly say I don't believe he's ever forgotten Valentine's Day. He's never forgotten my birthday. He's never forgotten special days. That's awesome. And I thank God for that. And you know, when you have that good kind of marriage, I think sometimes it probably does help you say, okay, my husband loves me like that. How much more does God love me? Maybe you had a really good earthly father. How much more does your heavenly father love you? Whether you've had a good husband, a good wife, a good dad, it doesn't matter. Because God loves you with amazing love. And he likes to surprise us. We like it when people surprise us with unexpected gifts or acts of, of goodness and kindness. But you know what? Our father, he delights. He delights to surprise us. He delights to have you step back and go, Whoa, I really wasn't even expecting that. But God, you're so good. He loves that. He loves to do what the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20. He loves to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we even ask Him for. That's amazing love. That's love that's full of surprises. That's love that makes you stand in awe 
When something maybe way down deep inside, you kind of were thinking that'd be great. Lord, I, I would kind of desire that. But you hadn't even really been talking to him about it. And all of a sudden, boom, shows up. Why? Because he loves us with amazing love. And he delights to surprise us. Another thing that we mentioned already, that God's love is everlasting. But I want to point this out to you from the Word of God. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Are you ready just to meditate on God's love? And how awesome it is? How amazing it is? It's good. It's good. Jeremiah 31, 3 in Amplified. The Lord appeared from of old to me, Israel, saying... Now read this part with me. Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. I think that deserves another. Thank you, Lord. He's loved us. With an everlasting love. His love is eternal. And eternal simply means there's no beginning. There's no end. It lasts indefinitely. There's no end to the love that our Father has for us. It's an everlasting. It's an eternal love. Hallelujah. That makes me shout. His love is the opposite of temporary. Temporary is limited by time. Temporary is subject to change. Temporary has an expiration date. And so does natural human love many times. It's fickle. Natural human love, if you're going by your feelings one day, you can just look at someone and you're just overwhelmed. Oh, with this love. I love you so much. And the very next day, the very next day, they say or do something and you look at them and go, I love you not. Because if you're walking by your feelings, we'll all be disappointed. No human, anybody, no matter how hard they try, every day is going to make you feel warm and fuzzy. That's temporal love. That's natural love. But God's love, what is it? He said it's eternal. It's everlasting. Now the benefit that you and I have as believers is we have the love of God. Where is it? The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That means we don't have to yield to feelings. Our love for one another, whether it be your mate, your children, your friends, your relatives, it doesn't have to be fickle. It doesn't have to be based on how our emotions are reacting. Because the love of God on the inside of us, you know what it will do? The Bible also says that that love of God on the inside of us, there's times it will constrain you. What does that mean? It'll say, don't say that. Am I getting a wh- jiggling no- noise? Y'all hearing that? Okay, come here, Mish. It was pretty well lasted. I had on my red for a minute. But that love on the inside of us, it constrains us. 
So sometimes when you, your flesh says, say that, give a piece of your mind, the love of God on the inside will say, no, just close your mouth, smile, and walk away. That's walking in the love of God. And it will save us a lot of heartache if we'll learn to yield to the Spirit of God and the love of God. The love of God will constrain us. The love of God will compel us and motivate us. The love of God will compel us to do nice things, to say nice things, to go the extra mile. What does the Bible say? What we're supposed to do, even if somebody has treated us wrongly, bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Our spiritual father, Brother Hagin, he used to say he'd hear that somebody was talking about him, saying stuff about him that wasn't even true. Not only would he pray for them, he'd find out when their birthday was and buy them a birthday present. That's being compelled and motivated by love. That's taken the higher realm. And when we walk in love, we will be blessed. That love wherewith he loved us said it's everlasting, it's eternal. And he also said he is faithful. He continues his faithfulness to us. As I saw that passage of scripture, I started meditating on that. And I began to see through several verses, and we'll look at them here in a minute, that there is a connection between love and And faithfulness. When we love someone, we're going to be faithful to them. And I want to point this out through some scriptures and then we'll comment on it. Several that I found in the book of Psalms. And these are out of the NIV because I liked how it said them. Psalms 8510. Again in the NIV. They can put it up there for us. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Keep that thought in mind. Love and faithfulness working together. Psalms 86 verse 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and what? How did, I love that. Let's read that last part together. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Other translations of this same passage, they say, you know, that God is full of compassion. He's plenty of in, in mercy, which he is. But I like this translation because it says he abounds in love and faithfulness. When you love someone, your mate, your children, even your employer, if you're working for them and you've got that relationship with them, you know what? Love, a byproduct of love, is faithfulness. It's hard to believe that someone really loves a person and they're continually being unfaithful. Numerous affairs. I know people mess up. I know people make mistakes. But if it's a lifestyle, then it gets to this point, even though they might repent 
and say, well, but I really love you. Well, guess what? You might be saying that with your words, but I can't hear what you're saying for seeing your actions. Because when a person truly loves, there is faithfulness involved. That's the nature of our Father. He said, I love you with an everlasting love, and I am committed to be faithful to you forever. I'm so glad that God, we're in a committed relationship here. We're in a covenant with Him. We're not just going steady. We are committed. It's a covenant. And we're in a love covenant. And because He loves me and I love Him, there's a trust. There's this knowing that He is faithful. He's faithful to me. And He's faithful to perform His Word on my behalf. And the other side of the coin is this. Do you love Him? Do you love Him with an everlasting love? Then we ought to be faithful to Him. He ought to be our Lord. He is the only, the true, and the living God. We're not to have any other gods before Him. We're not to have any other lords. Nothing or no one is to take the place Do Him because we're faithful. To Him. We're faithful to love Him. We're faithful to worship Him. We're faithful to commune with Him. We're faithful to read His Word. And we are faithful to serve Him. That's another criteria of love. Love is faithful. Love serves one another. We need to in our marriages, in our relationships... We need to have the attitude, I'm going to just try to outlove you. Because you can't, you know, you say, oh, no, no, I can't do that. If I love somebody that much, they're going to take advantage of me. No, love never fails. And the more you give away, the more comes back to you. It's the royal law of love. The psalmist David emphasized these two together again. These were just a few of the passages over in Psalms 57, verse 9 and 10. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. Now read verse 10 with me. For great is your love. Reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the skies. There it is again. His love reaches to the heavens. His faithfulness reaches to the sky. He literally loves us to the moon and back. His faithfulness is higher than the very atmosphere. Higher than the skies. What's that say? There's no end. No end to his love. No end to his faithfulness. Because he loves me so much, he can't help but be faithful. That's his nature. And when you know that, guess what? There's a trust and there's a confidence that comes. There's a security 
that comes. Maybe you're like me and I'm very blessed. Pastor and I have been married almost 38 years. I have a confident, favorable expectation in his love and his faithfulness. I don't wake up every day wondering if he's going to be unfaithful. I never have that thought because he knows. No, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a godly fear and reverence. No. I heard, I think one of my brother or somebody said one time, you know, I don't believe in divorce, but my wife's not sure about murder, so hey, you know, no, 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 no. just making sure y'all are awake. But because of that relationship, there is a trust in our relationship. How much more should we be secure in our Father's love for us? How much more should we trust that he wants to do amazing things for us? This morning in that 9, I think, no, it was 11 a.m. service, I believe the Spirit of God was just speaking to us that, you know, we do it all the time. Oh, how we love you, how we love you. And we do need to do that in worship and admiration to him. But there's another side to worship and to fellowshipping with him. And that's just sitting in his presence and letting him love us back. Often we're so busy, we're real good at, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. See you later. I gotta go. And he's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I love you too. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you these great things I wanna do in your life. I wanna tell you some answers to some questions you've been having. We gotta learn to receive his love, not just express it to him, but receive back. Because he loves us with an everlasting, unconditional love. And you know that our Father's love for us, the Lord's love for us, is so intense, it compels him to action. Maybe you were, when you think back, long, 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 long time ago, maybe, <laughs> when you were dating your mate, and there was just, Intense desire to be with them. Intense desire to do good things for them. Well, that's part of love, too. It gives you this intense. There's an intensity about it. There's an intensity about God's love. Let me show you this from Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll look at verse 4 in the Amplified. But God, so rich is he in Mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. How did he satisfy that intense love that he has? For us. Well, the answer is found in John 3.16. How many of you can quote that with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
That's amazing love. That's intense love that compelled God the Father to give. It moved him to action. He gave heaven's very best. He gave the most precious thing he had to offer for the sake of lost humanity. He created us. In his likeness and image. And through the fall of sin, we were separated from him. And he still loved us. He loved us with such intensity that he gave. And Jesus loved us back and came. It was a two-dual offering. God gave. Jesus came out of intense. Amazing love. Jesus literally loved us to death. He loved us to death. He loved us to the point of dying and sacrificing for us. How many in here tonight you've received the love? How many of you in here have acted on John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Have you believed in him? Let me see your hand. Have you believed in him? You've received that everlasting, that amazing love. A few moments, not right away, but in a few moments, we're going to close. And when we do, we're going to sing this song. Not, not yet. We're getting, we're fixing. We're fixing. The song, we used to sing it here a lot. And I'm sure you've heard it. Amazing love. Chris Tomlin recorded it. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. Well, there it is up there. I wouldn't have had to look that up today. They got it. It's amazing. And I love these words here. How can it be? Your mind can't figure it out that the king of the universe would die for me. So amazing. It's a wonder. It makes us stand in awe. An amazing love. I know it's true. And then I like this part. It's my joy to honor you. There's the faithfulness part. Because he has loved us, we love him back, and we're faithful. Faithful to our covenant with him. Amen? It's a good thing to be faithful. Love in action. Intense love compels us to act. I one time found the definition for compassion in an old dictionary And it said that compassion is love with the desire to help. That's the difference here. Jesus didn't just say, God didn't just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus didn't say, I love you, but you got yourself in that mess, figured out the best way that you can. No, love with the desire to help. He didn't leave us in our sinful state. He did something about it. He put actions to his love. That is compassion. That's love 
in action. The Bible tells us about our Father God over in Psalms 145, verse 8 and 9. Let's look at that real quick here. The Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion. I think we ought to all say hallelujah. Hallelujah to that. He's slow to anger and he's great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. What are some of his characteristics listed here? He's gracious. He's good. He's compassionate. He's slow to anger. He's merciful. You know, the Bible doesn't say that God is power. He has power. And we have faith. Like Pastor said, we have faith in the power of God. He has power. But the Bible doesn't say He is power. But the Bible does say He is love. He is love. First John chapter 4. Everybody still awake? You're just sensing the love of God, right? First John chapter 4. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. It's not faith. So much in that God is power. We got to have faith in his power that secures his blessing. But it's faith in his love and his willingness to bless us. His willingness to show forth his power that secures the blessing of God. It starts. It's, at that, it's the starting point of knowing God loves me. God is love. If we're not secure in that, then we'll always question. Well, does he really want to heal me? Does he really want to bless me? Does he really want to answer my prayer? Because I haven't been that good today. I said something bad. I did something I shouldn't have done. Then that little condemnation comes in. But when we are secure, we say, no, I repent. Confess that. It's under the blood. My relationship with him has not changed. My acceptance in him has not changed. I am secure that he loves me. And he loves me unconditionally. Everybody say this. Love Love. loves me. me. God is love. love. And God loves me. So therefore, love. Me. That's a good thing to meditate on, isn't it? Most pe- people will say, well, you know, God can do this if he wants to. God can heal if he wants to. God can deliver if he wants to. But they're not sure of his willingness. That's an insult when you think about it. If you have a friend and they've got full capacity to help you in a situation and you, you know, all things being equal, you haven't conned them over and over and over before. But you, you know, you've got a good relationship and you actually have a real need in your life and you go to them and you say, now, I know that you could help me in this situation, but I just I'm not sure if you will. 
I know you could, but I'm just not sure if you're willing. You know what? Somebody came to me like that. I would take that as an insult. That they would doubt my heart. That they would doubt my willingness. Yet people do it all the time with our loving Father. Oh, God could. I'm not sure that He would. I really believe that He would rather that people would doubt that He could instead of that He would. The good news is this. He can do both. God's got the power and God is willing, hallelujah, to show forth His goodness, to show forth His power on our behalf. It's a good thing to know He loves us and He is willing. It's the Father's compassion that sent Jesus. It's that same compassion that saved us, that heals us, that delivers us, that brings restoration, that meets all of our needs. Pastor did an awesome message today out of Psalms 23. The Lord is our shepherd. A passage says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I heard a, a little Sunday, a little girl came home from Sunday school and said to her parents, I learned the 23rd Psalms today. The Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. She got it mixed up, but you know what? That's really good. The Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. And because he's all I want and I'm in love with him and he's in love with me, then I shall not want. Hallelujah. He's all I desire. Hallelujah. I love him with all of my heart. I trust in him. I know that he's faithful to me and I know I'll have no wants. And pastor said it today. We will have no wants. He wants to do amazing things in our life if we'll give him access. We got to give him access. We got to open the door of our heart. We got to open up our lives to him. We got to declare, Jesus, you are my Lord. We have to declare, I know that you love me. I accept your love. I accept your forgiveness. I'm going to walk in your ways. And then guess what? We're going to enjoy amazing, awesome benefits in our lives. When you know that, guess what? You take on this attitude. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too loved to be afraid. We didn't have time tonight, but you ought to go and look at 1 John chapter 4. It talks about, we read verse 16, but go on and keep reading there. That it says that we're, when we have perfect love on the inside of us, we do not fear. There is no fear in love. We're secure in his love. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of evil tidings, of bad news. We don't have to be afraid of the economy crashing. We don't have to be afraid of sickness or disease. In the Amplified, it says there's no dread. No dread exists in the lives of those who know they are loved. Hallelujah. Look at that part. Love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace 
of terror. Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands and say, I, I will not fear. I will not dread. I am not afraid of any kind of terror because I know my Father loves me. I am loved by love itself. I trust Him and I know He is faithful to protect me. He is faithful to meet my needs. He is faithful to heal my body. He is faithful to bring salvation to my entire household. I am confident in my Father's love. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Oh, let's just thank him that he loves us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know this was a simple message tonight, but I really believe that some of us, all of us, need to be reminded. Love loves me. And it's amazing. Hallelujah. Now, what, before we see what else the Lord wants to do as the musicians are coming, we're going we're gonna to sing that song. And we're just going to meditate on His amazing love.